Welcome to the Hoops and Dharmas podcast. I'm Adam Schalfer. We got Josh, you boy, in the house. We got the prophet, Muhammad. We got some good basketball talk for you boys and girls, children of all ages, tuning in on whenever you're tuning in. How are you guys doing today? We're good. Hopefully we don't have the explicit sign because then it wouldn't be all all ages. Then. I guess that more technically, I guess. Oh, true. Yeah, we're doing great. Uh, the playoffs have been great. Uh, I've uh, I did kind of miss some of the games yesterday because I was at a baseball game, the Chicago Hot Dogs. Uh, have you? I don't know if you've heard of them. I've heard of the Hot Dogs. Yes, Mr. Zambrano's yeah. team. Yes, that's right. Last season, Zambrano was there, but uh, I went there last year. Yesterday, last night, there was a doubleheader uh, playing against Sioux Falls. Okay. Uh, it was a good time. But Wait, so yeah, I, I didn't really watch much NBA yesterday, but I did hear about those that amazing game. I kind of caught the highlights of that Celtics game, uh, Celtics Raptors, um, and of course, that, uh, I, I heard about the blowout. You know, I was just keeping up with that score uh, with the Clippers, but yeah, that was never a game. That was never. Yeah, a game. it seemed like it. Yeah, yeah, I saw it was like twenty-four to ten at one point. I was like, oh. Yeah, and the it- Bucks are officially eliminated. <laughs> so. I don't yes, think a uh, lot gosh, of people saw that coming. that one a mile away. And uh, I, I know, Adam, you, you're talking about that one, too, a lot. Um, but, yeah, it seemed like everyone was – it was like, you know, I mentioned before with Josh, like it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy in, like, the, the previous episode where it's just like, you know, everyone everyone's saying that the Heat are just uh, just match up better and they just got the size and everything. And it just got – I don't know. I don't know if it got to the Bucks' head or something, but, you know, the Bucks just came out a little flat some games. And you, you got to be perfect, when, especially when the number one seed. Because you know, even in the regular season, a, a team like the like the Hornets—that's a championship kind of game for them against the Bucks. You know, so you can only imagine what it's like for a team like the Heat coming in to Milwaukee in, in a neutral site and thinking, "Yeah, like we—it seems like we got all the momentum now." You know, even coming in for Game One. I mean, honestly, they uh, they got their ass kicked. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Exactly, they got their they got their ass kicked. That's exa- that's the only way you can put it. Yeah, really. Yeah, Josh, what did you see? Because I know you've obviously had a a finger on the pulse all season. Uh, so love to hear your insight as someone who's been covering the Bucks all year. I saw a team that had a coach who, sh- if he's not getting fired this season, he this off season, he's getting fired after next season because that was one of the worst coaching displays I've ever seen for a coach that was coaching a one-seeded team. No one moved off the ball, especially in game five. It was, let's just go Middleton go one-on-one, have everyone go ISO. Everyone move. We have one off ball. We have one screen off the ball, one pick and roll situation, drive the basket and hope for the best. What the hell are you thinking? You really think that's going to work? It's like, that's the, what is this? The Doug Collins offense, get the ball to Michael. Everyone get the fuck out of the way and go to the basket. That's not going to work. It doesn't work today. You need to have constant ball movement, constant movement off screens, constant cuts to the basket. Well, it seems no like that's what they did all year, too. You know, did they just abandon it? You that's know what? what I, I think it had, is. I, it had a lot to do – well, one, it had some – I think because guys were keen on Giannis. And two, regular season is the regular season. Three, you know, when they would go up against Miami, they would have these problems. Giannis would get stripped. Um, they would stand around. They weren't making good cuts to the basket. I mean, usually when they're playing other teams and Giannis is able to get to the basket at will, then they start double-teaming him in the post, and then he gets post-up opportunities because then they can slow the game down. And once they get in their half-court offense, 
and then they can make some plays. And then they get turnovers and they get transition buckets. They weren't able to do that because Miami's not a very high turnover rate team and we're not making mistakes. And if the Bucs made mistakes, which they made plenty of them, the Bucs, the Miami Heat would come back and they'd hit their threes mm-hmm. or they'd hit a bucket to get them in there. Plus, every time Miami, you know, was down by nine, they hit a three to cut it to six. Every single time they needed to make a key bucket, they made the bucket. And that was really the difference. And it was just Spo did a better job coaching. It's that simple. Spo was the best coach in the series and made every decision that was needed to win the series and win every game. And when you give up the biggest point differential in NBA, his, in NBA playoff history in a quarter to lose game three, you don't deserve to win the damn series. I don't care. You don't deserve to win it at that point. And I've, as I watched this team, I thought the biggest mistake they made was keeping Eric Bledsoe instead of Malcolm Brogdon. Because Malcolm Brogdon is a much better, is a better player than Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe is a very nice player. Eric Bledsoe is more of an attacking guy. Malcolm Brogdon's a guy who's going to consistently shoot 40% from deep, 90% from the free throw line, and is good. Yeah. At, was, he was a 50-40-90 guy when he was in Milwaukee. And he wasn't even playing the role that he plays now. Now he could play Eric's role. Granted, he's not as good of a defender as Eric Bledsoe. I think Eric's a, a, bit, a better defender. But still, it's just – it clearly showed that they were lacking in that department. And also, I think they're clearly lacking in size at the wing position. As good as Dante DiVincenzo and Pat Contenar, those guys are 6'4", 6'5". Yeah. You know, you've got Jay Crowder. You've got Derrick Jones Jr., 6'8". Jay I mean, Crowder, 6'8", yeah, 6'9". Yeah. Jimmy 6'7", 240. I mean, you're, you've got big bodies Iggy. that you're dealing yeah. with. Yeah. And that's just not going to work. And they were able to counteract it. Miami, and every time they would drive the basket, two bucks would drive in, they'd swing it right back out, swing it again, and the guy would be wide open for three. I'm like, why are you, why are you dropping to the middle and not just letting the guy go one-on-one? Let him contest the shot. If it goes in, it goes in. Why are you giving up a wide-open three? It was so many mistakes on defense that they were making. I want, at, during game two, I thought to myself, they're going to lose it. I knew in game two, like halfway through game two, they were going to lose the series if they didn't win. And then slowly as the game was going on, I'm like, yep, they screwed up. They're screwed. And it just yep. was obvious from then on. And I've gotten to the point where I think they clearly are missing another piece. And I think you got to go get Chris Paul. I yeah, thought they've been needing Chris Paul. They've been eating him since last season. Giannis cannot be your primary ball handler. Giannis is not the guy. He's not, a, he's not designed – as a player, he's good. And me and Gabriel talked about this. Giannis has only been playing basketball since he was 14 years old. His game is not fully there. His shot is terrible. He does not have a good shot for him whatsoever. He couldn't make a free throw to save his life in the playoffs. He's thinking he shot 55% from the, field, from the free throw line. He had a pretty, pretty poor uh... – Shooting Four. percentage against the Heat. He did. Only shot 33% in game three. Uh, I mean, honestly, he was, like, completely neutralized. He yeah. was. And it's because he uses all of his athleticism to do all the work for him. The beauty of LeBron James, even when he was younger, he could pass the ball. He could play defense. He had a jump shot. He had a fundamental base that made it harder to stop him and even if a team like Detroit was keying on him, you were going to have a hard time stopping him no matter what. You know, so what I see is a guy who's very limited offensively. It's clearly limited offensively. And it's kind of like a wilt in the sense that he can drive. And once he's within eight feet of the basket, good luck. 
when he's outside at eight feet and he's driving to the rim and he's trying to get inside eight feet, he, he's not doing anything. And that's where a lot of the problem lies in his game is that he's just very limited in what he can do. And he needs to go back in the offseason and really work on his handle because they were swiping at the ball, but that's going to be a problem no matter what. His passing ability is not I, – I would say he's got an average passing ability. He, he's good. Like they He's can good, but he's limited in what he can do. He had and a couple he, of nine-assist games in this series, but – Oh, he did, and I, don't get me wrong. He's very good at that, but it's also the system he's in. He needs to be able to be the pick-and-roll guy. He yeah. needs to be that guy who's cutting to the rim, a la DeAndre Jordan, Rudy Gobert, those kind of guys. Cutting to the rim, getting those lobs. Chris Paul can do that. Chris Paul knows how to do that. He had a guy named DeAndre Jordan who was able to do that. And, you, and then on top of that, Chris Paul, better shooter than Eric Bledsoe. Bit older. He's got more money. He's got more money on his salary. But here's the thing. He's got a player option for 2021. He's done the last year of his deal technically, and so is Giannis. So if you want to go after this thing, you need that third guy. And I think Chris Paul could be that guy because outside of that, he and he helps teams win games. They'd have to make the money work is the thing. And I don't think they can, which is the yeah, problem. I don't, I don't think they can either. I mean, um, losing Brogdon, you can see that. They're missing their court general, you know, on the offensive side of the floor. Uh, Brogdon also, I mean, he's like – kind of reminds me a little bit about Kirk Heinrich. Like, he's probably never going to make an all-star game, but he's going to be, like, damn good every year, really reliable defender, and uh, pretty good offensive game too, but mostly just a guy you can trust with the keys to the car, you know, uh, somebody who's going to make good decisions out there. And uh, Bledsoe, you don't always see that. George Hill, he's, he's quite old, uh, but the Bucks got exposed. I think you mentioned it, Miami has a lot of guys who match up well with them, and when you have uh, Igudala, Crowder, uh, Jimmy Butler, all these guys who can guard the perimeter so well, it's going to be tricky. And Bam Adebayo moves pretty damn well for a big. And he can get out on the perimeter even. And um, it was just kind of a – what makes the Bucks special when they're playing well, they, they share the ball. They uh, play really good defense. They're tough. And uh, – they're deep. Well, the same things can be said for the Heat. And uh, it was a statement to win in five games against the number one seed in the NBA, not just uh, in the Eastern Conference. So, I mean, the, the question really is, how good is Miami? Yeah, I mean, they kind of had like that perfect storm uh, going in, you know, especially like in that middle of that series after they won game two, or really game three. I mean, when everyone's just like, it's over. Um, I, I, a lot of these perfect storm teams, I mean, they end up like, you know, they kind of are like, a, would you say they're like a Cinderella's team? The Heat? They're, they're probably, they might be the closest. I mean, they because, were at 31 to 1 odds before the playoffs started. And I thought about putting 40 bucks down to win one. I, I never thought that they would make it. I didn't think that they'd make it at least this far. Well, I, I, thought, I think they could win the championship for weeks. And you guys are my. Yeah, I think so too. I think they can, they can, they, they're definitely a worthy champion this year. So, uh, yeah, just like, uh, just, you know, like I mentioned earlier about the whole uh, going against the Bucks, like the matchups and everything, uh, the heaters longer. 
and you you combine all that stuff that we're talking about with you know the coach who makes way better adjustments the coach who's like very experienced like one of like probably like the third best coach in the league definitely top five uh, and Eric Spolstra so and then a Budenholzer who's very stubborn um you know that's what he really showed they showed that last season too even against Toronto uh when they were up 2-0 and they didn't really you know when the Raptors ended up coming back and then the Bucs is kind of just kind of slipped out of their hands by the time we got the game five. So this year it was just like it was more like a curb stomp nightmare, you know, for the for the for the night for the Milwaukee Bucks. Curb stomp nightmare. <laughs> the perfect storm. I mean, if I'm stomp. if I'm Milwaukee right now, I've got I, you're not going to trade Giannis obviously because I think there is a very good chance that he stays because I he think said he wants to. You know, it sounds he like he wanna, wants to stay. I think he's going to stay. I just it, it the way he's. Talking, I, I don't think this should be a story, at least now, you know, because no, he's not, I don't think so either. But I think right now, when you've got when you're going to have a supermax for Giannis, and then Chris Middleton, I mean, what what pieces are you going to have? How are you going to retool? You're not going to build to the draft. That's true. But are people going to keep that same energy with Giannis and KD if Giannis goes to the Heat or the Raptors even? Or is it because if he goes to the Warriors because they hate the Warriors? I mean, like, oh, he goes to the Warriors, him. which I've been thinking he was going to go since, like, you know, yeah, the Warriors ago. a great choice. And, you know, the Warriors have only gotten two good free agents in the last, you know. Well, this <laughs> ring-chasing trend hasn't been going on forever. There was a time when a player would stay with a team for yeah. most of his career. Well, I, I will kind of say this. Let me just say this. Shaq, Shaq got a call. And 96 from Jerry Krause. So, he was interested in coming here, believe it or not. Shaq almost – Shaq wanted to be on the Bulls in 96, believe it or not. When that he was pretty sick. They Could you have... imagine Shaq, Dennis, Michael, and Scott Hanley team? I, I don't think you're going to lo- – I don't think you're losing many games with that. Yeah. It's like bigger than the sun, yeah. Let yeah. me forget it. But no, I get it. I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, Milwaukee's an awesome city. Like, it is. It's a mini it's, Chicago, but you know it doesn't compare. But if you want to live in a sm- in the Midwest, have like actual affordable fucking living prices, yeah, Milwaukee's right. a nice place to live. Right, and he's already got his family there. Like his that's whole, home for Giannis. His whole family goes to school there. I think Giannis wants to win a championship with the Bucks, and I don't blame him. I respect it. I respect yeah. it. I mean, it's like. We've already seen LeBron win it in Cleveland, and no one wants to live in friggin' Cleveland. I don't even think LeBron wanted to live in Cleveland while he lived in Cleveland. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> jokey, you know, I said, who the hell wants to go to Cleveland? There's nothing to do there. I've been to Cleveland. There's not really a lot to do there. But anyway, I, I understand why Giannis wants to stay, and I think just the way he is, the type of person he is, it doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to leave because he's got his family there. And he doesn't want to – and right now, because his brother, some of his brothers are in high school, he's not – he's going to consider not leaving because of that. He yeah. doesn't want to uproot his family. They're happy where they are. And I think he doesn't – and I think he's very – because Milwaukee's the only city he's known, I, don't, I think that would be a big shift for him and a big comfort zone to leave. Like, he would be leaving a big comfort zone for him to be able to do that. And I don't know yeah. if he wants to do that. And that's fine if he doesn't. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. move on uh, a little bit from Milwaukee, just because we got a lot, we got a lot to get to today. Um, but yeah, the Miami Heat are going to face either the Raptors or the Celtics. That's been absolutely insane. 
that series. Uh, right now, it's obviously tied at three to three. That was some of the – I was on the edge of my seat, and, and eventually I had to sit Indian style in front of the TV yesterday. Oh, boy. That was insane. And that was one of the best uh, conclusions to a game I've ever seen. Norman Powell, so clutch, pretty much saving the day for the Raptors with big shots, big steals, big rebounds, you name it. Norman Powell was the savior. And uh, the Raptors just refused to go away. Talk about a team with a great coach. Nick Nurse, stroke of genius, uh, kind of going small with them with OG Ananobi, uh, presenting some problems. And even though they were getting eaten alive on some of those uh, alley-oops to Daniel Tice, I mean, you you just can't count the Raptors out. Uh, last I checked, the Celtics were two-and-a-half-point favorites in game seven. It could go either way, man. This has been so fun. I f- still feel like the Celtics are at least have the better roster. This has been awesome. This has just been an amazing series. These guys have been literally fighting since, like, game one. Like, they've literally just been, like, chawing back and forth. Uh, and now they've gone to the point where they just can't stand each other. And now it's just the, the finishing blow, right? Uh, and I, I, I'm not expecting a very pretty game, obviously, because it's a, it's a game seven. And also, the, we just had an amazing game six. So uh, I think uh, – I mean, I, I've always assumed that Boston will get through this series uh, because they are just a little more talented. But the Raptors are probably the hardest working team, aside from the Heat probably in the, in the bubble, um, you know, fighting their way back. I mean, the second year in a row, really, coming back from 2-0, right? So, uh, I mean, like, everyone talks about they don't really have a guy – you know, they don't have that guy, right? Siakam just isn't there yet. It's a lot to ask for a guy like Siakam. I mean, he's been there for a couple of years now, but, uh, you know, it, it's a very weird transition you have to make to make that jump. So um, the the Celtics are way more, you know, this season, they're, I just feel like they're just way more confident in their team, you know, this season. You know, last year was a lot of unknowns. There was a lot of, like, you know, maybes and stuff like that. This year, I feel like they're just very secure, and um, I, I think they are just going to, and I, I mean, I think, like I said, ugly game might be a close one. Uh, I'm picking Boston here, and I'm just, I'm looking forward really to that conference finals. So, uh, really, game seven, I'm just looking, I'm just looking forward to it, you know, basically. Yeah. You know what I've, what I'm seeing is, you, you got to like, um, Hami was talking about. You just have to give credit where credit is due when it comes to the fight that they're putting up and. I think this also is a testament to the fact that Toronto has more depth. Yeah, they do. Boston has the more star power. Yeah. And I think if it wasn't for Marcus Smart playing the way he is, they probably would have lost the series already. I felt he was going to be the key, and I think he's going to be the key in game seven. And I also think that both these teams, by the time they get to the Miami series, they're, they're going to be pretty frigging gassed. They're going to be yeah. gassed. And, and that's why the Heat will win in five or six. I don't know about that, but I think it will be definitely interesting to see you know, well, let's let's put it this way. I think way. Toronto can still match up really well. Toronto still matches up real well. Yeah. Well yeah. In Toronto, they have so much length on defense, like so many dogs out there. And, I mean, sure, they don't have one guy. They don't have Kawhi Leonard, the guy who you know is going to take the last shot. But, like, Kyle Lowry is clutch. Fred Van Vliet is clutch. Norman Powell is clutch. Like, they have killers. They might not have a bona fide killer. They might not have, you know, a superstar, but they got a bunch of good players. And 
people got to stop sleeping on Kyle Lowry. Like, the dude is one of the best defensive guards in the NBA. He has unbelievable vision. He set up Norman Powell perfectly on that uh, drive right behind the back pass. He created the space for him and got him a wide open look. And, uh, you know, and Powell doesn't hit that shot. The, the Raptors don't win that game. And so, well, uh, you would have thought that people would have stopped sleeping on Lowry after last season, right? Because yeah. he, he proved last season for sure that he definitely belongs in, you know, in one of the – at least at least not all-time greats in terms of NBA, but like a franchise great at least. He is the um, Raptor goat. He is the great. He is the Raptors great, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like uh, – I think it's because, you know, it's kind of like Harden, you know. People do not like watching baiters. Okay. And Lowry loves to bait. And Marcus Smart has that same problem, too. He baits all the time. Marcus Smart's another master baiter. He is a master baiter. Yeah, along with Harden. So we have the Eastern Conference master baiter and then the Western Conference one. Uh, and they're both, they're both still in the series. They're still very much in it. They you are. just had to go there, didn't you? You just had to go there, didn't you? Well, Harden, well, the master baiter is Harden's <laughs> nickname. Yeah. Smart is another masturbator, though. So I guess like masturbator junior, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Masturbator junior. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's go around the, the, the horn here. Uh, Hami, who you got winning Celtics Raptors? Lowry I got Celtics. Horn. <laughs> Josh? Um, I'm going to take, honestly, given what happened, I, I would be a little concerned if I was Boston. I'm actually going to take Toronto in this one. Okay. Uh, here's a coin. Uh, JFK. Love it. It means the Celtics. The presidential seal, Raptors. Here we go. Great radio, folks. Let's see what we got. Celtics. All right. Celtics, there we Celtics go. win the series. It's been Luck the leprechaun. Yep. Yeah, the fucking leprechauns will have their last laugh. Uh, anyway, moving on to the Western Conference now. LeBron James now with the most playoff points all time. The Lakers up 2-1 to one on uh, the Rockets. Sometimes those LeBron teams like to lose game one just to keep it interesting, but they usually win the next four. Uh, so I don't think anyone should be too concerned. Yeah, Looks it's like at least 80% of the time. Maybe 75% of the time they, they, do, they do stuff like that. It's like he yeah. takes game – it's like he's like, you know what, I'm going to take a vacation for three days and then I'll come back when it's game two. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. It's like uh, maybe it's a feel-out game, and then they make their adjustments. Exactly. That's what everyone's been saying. Yeah, feel-out games. You only want to I remember that from game, right? I remember that from Game One against the Bulls Heat in 2013. <laughs> Can we not go there, please? It's still Nate Robinson. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, this is the feel-out game for LeBron. He won his MVP trophy. You know, he's just uh, you know, we all know he's great. 2011 is more painful. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. Speaking I mean, it, how, speaking of feel-out game, how about Daniel House? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is a weird one. This is a weird one. So let me just make sure I got my facts straight here. So Daniel House uh, is... Exactly what you think. Allegedly... <laughs> it's exactly what you think it is. Whatever you think it is, it probably is that. Yeah, you know, allegedly uh, trying to get some ass, if you will, uh, in the bubble. So a uh, uh, league investigating house for allegedly allowing a female testing official uh, into the hotel room. Maybe he just wants some uh, up up close and personal testing. He's yeah. trying to get another COVID test. 
Yeah, he, he's just trying to get tested. He's just trying to be thorough. Testing, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Tyson Chandler and House were ruled out of game three for uh, personal reasons, whatever that means. Okay. Uh, the opposing teams are closely monitoring how the league's going to handle the situation. Um, and Daniel House might be trying to get a little bit of a blowjob or something. And there's nothing wrong with that. If anything, what, what's wrong with that? She's already in the bubble. It's not like he went out to the strip club and brought her back. She's already in the bubble. Let him get some booty. Th this gives Laker fans more ammo that uh, against the Rockets now. I mean, like, come on now. This is unfair. This is rigged for the Lakers. Because the Lakers are, are focused in? What do you mean, homie? The, this is clearly rigged for the Lakers because, I mean, they, who, who's to say that he's the only one? You know, what if someone in the Lakers brought someone in, you know? Maybe the Lakers are ratting him out specifically. Uh, he made a couple nice plays in game two. You know, I, I, I can – Hami's got a point there. Hami's got a point there. I wouldn't put it past LeBron to have, like, secret security guards that, like, go through at night and, like, start ratting on yeah. people. That room service <laughs> by LeBron. Secret police. by LeBron. LeBron's got people. LeBron, LeBron's got people. people. Yes. Even the trees the have eyes. LeBron, the everyday man. He's the everyman. LeBron James. LeBron's the got man. He goes out everyone. Miss Fanster! Miss Fanster! <laughs> oh, man. We'll see, man. I mean. <laughs> I would not put it past him at all. <laughs> he's, getting this, he's getting some advice from, he's from this guy, Chris Paul, man. Yes! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's got to be tough for those guys. Oh my gosh! Just going on road trips and getting more ass than a toilet seat, <laughs> and now these guys got nothing but their left and right hand, and that's oh that's if you can dribble with both hands. Not everyone's James Harden. Not everyone's, yeah, not everyone's Harden. Not everyone's smart. Yeah, I know, man. Yeah, that's playing a lot of first-person shooter right there. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they brought their Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing with their with their with their uh, joystick, yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta yeah, learn how to play with it again. Oh, uh, <laughs> but I want to give a shout out, by the way. Always, Rajon friggin' Rondo. I yeah, love this man. man. Playoff Rondo, Rondo is back. I for, people for when he went down, we but we all saw this. The Bulls were going to beat Boston when they were the eight seed. Exactly. Yeah. Their ass, and then he. As much as Celtics fans want to deny that, yes. Playoff Rondo's a different beast. Playoff, I don't know what it is. That's a clutch man. That's a different. Yeah. When you can play in the playoffs and you have a different level, yeah. Because the there are guys who are just like that. When they get to the playoffs, they are just different levels of performers. Yeah. Rondo is those guys. Yeah, I mean. In this uh, conference quarterfinals, he's averaging uh, 13 points, 7.5 assists, 2.7 steals, shooting 40% from three, uh, keeping the turnovers low. So it is playoff Rondo. Uh, and the Lakers are just so much better with him. It's like having a second uh, LeBron as far as passing goes. Uh -huh. you know? Mini LeBron. Is, yeah, I mean, because like LeBron – is obviously the point guard of that team. But then the, when they didn't have him out there, they were kind of like, oh, fuck. You know, what are we going to yep. do now? Well, now you got Rondo, and he still does all the things that he's been doing his entire career. 
And I honestly think this shit's going to be over in five, man. I, I don't think the Rockets are going to win another game. Now, not, not, not anymore. Now that Rondo's back. You think it'll be a close five though? Yeah. I think the Rockets are going to hang around, but I mean, come on. This is like one of those games could be a blowout. That's true. Anthony Davis is shooting 64% from the friggin' field in this series because he's guarded by the lollipop guild. <laughs> He's guard. He's. I know. He's guard. I mean, like, what is he gonna? He's gonna just. It's like a, he's on a Nerf hoop against a bunch of six-year-olds. It's like that scene in um Billy Madison where he's playing, yeah. dodgeball, he's playing um dodgeball against all the little kids. Now you're all in big trouble. I, I'd say more like I'd say more like it's him against like very strong, uh, like juniors in high school or something. You know like senior year guys or whatever. He just, yeah, because, like, the Rockets are very – they're a pretty strong team. But, like, yeah, they it, – it's – or maybe, like, a, maybe like a, like a D2 player or something like that, you know, like a the, tough D2 player. The thing He's being about guarded by a Rudy on steroids. He's being guarded by Rudy on steroids. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, the thing about LeBron James and Anthony Davis is they both have guard skills. Yeah. Like, how did the Rockets think this was going to go? Not very well. I mean, I don't know. Kurt, we had Kurt on the show the other day. He talked about how the Rockets could maybe pull a miracle. I've been I mean, saying how is it a miracle? They, 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 they won game one. Game three was pretty close. Game three was pretty close until like what? Uh, well, I guess maybe the second half. So I guess it was half close. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's still it, there's still a couple games. I, I think the Rockets should take one more game. We'll see. We'll see. I think six max. So. I think so. It's just I think I, I don't I don't see how they're going to. I mean. They're, this is a team that we normally see shoot 53s a game, which I already get annoyed by as is because, you know, I, I think they should be shooting 75. Why don't we just go 80 shots a game just to make sure. But, you know, Russ, if Russ – we know Russ, you know, we, me and Gabriel also talk about this. Because of the injuries to Russ's hands, you know, he, his shooting form is not the same. And they're giving it's him – never been good. He's never been good as is. And I always thought people, which is why I love how people get, think that Russ is a better player than Derek when Derek was way better at shooting the three than he yeah. ever was. Yeah. And they're going to give Russ all the daylight he wants to shoot yeah. the three. And that's a problem when you don't have a guy like that. At least with Chris Paul, they couldn't give him that room. And, and you, know, you know what? I don't think Westbrook's style of play is conducive to winning. He's too ball dominant. I agree. Like, I, I, I was hoping it would work in Houston because it's very fun to watch, but it's it's not. But uh, let's see if we got a few minutes left here. Let's see if we can squeeze in uh, the final series we haven't touched on. Uh, speaking of being dead in the water, speaking of being absolutely fucked, here we go. The Denver <laughs> Nuggets are done, guys. All right. I'm the Nuggets fan, the resident Nuggets fan. I've been pulling for them. I'm also a realist. And you know what? Let me get this out of the way. I completely agree with Michael Porter Jr. last night saying that other people need the fucking ball. Yeah, they do. They do. Because you know how the the Nuggets beat the Clippers in game two? They shared the ball. They shared the ball. There were a lot of people getting involved. And when it gets one-dimensional, when it gets predictable, where it's going to be like, who's going to kill us, Jokic or Murray? then the Nuggets are a very beatable team. And, and I've seen them fall into that trap all year. It's time to stop. They are the best. They are at their best when everyone is eating. 
And Michael Porter Jr. needs to be a focal point of that offense. He had 15 points in the first half. He's probably the best pure scorer, maybe second best pure scorer behind Murray on the team. Like, sure, he's not a defensive liability, but or, or a great defender, rather. But if you're not going to have him shoot, why do you even have him on the floor then? When you're struggling and you're down, you revert back to what you normally did. That's got you – like, you know, you you're, yeah. try – you go back to the base, like when the Bucks were getting screwed, what do they do? They stopped moving off the ball and they just reverted back to the basics and just completely sucked. So what happens is you get complacent and you're like, well, let's just try and do this. Let's just try and do that. Let's just go Jamal Murray and Jokic. Let's have them take 30 shots. No, that's not going to work, especially against the Clippers. You have to spread the floor. You've got to share the sugar. And yeah. they're not sharing the sugar. They're, they're, I mean, Murray and Jokic are going to get diabetes by the time they eat that much sugar. Seriously. <laughs> well, I mean, here, here's a little math for you. So what's uh, 23 plus uh, 15? 38? Yeah. Yeah, so Jokic and Murray took 38 of uh, the Nuggets, 68 shots. The next closest, as far as attempts go, is Michael Porter Jr., who is 5 for 8, 3 of 4 from deep, uh, only took 8 shots. You got to get this guy 12 shots. Paul Millsap shot once. Jeremy Grant to... is not getting the ball enough. He was key in uh, their victory earlier in the series. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Gary uh, Harris shot five times. I was like, what? Gary Harris had went two for five. I'm like, Gary Harris is one of your best shooters. He's shooting the ball five times? That doesn't matter either. They're each other out there. And it can't be the Jokic and Murray show. Sorry for the uh, sound there. ESPN's blowing up. Just trying to look at some of those stats, but uh, worst sight ever. My goodness, it happens all the time when I was doing it. You have to put it on. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah, you got to put it on mute, or it'll they'll start screaming at you. Oh yeah, trying to buy get me to buy a Buick. I already have a Buick. What are you doing? <laughs> no free ads. Yeah, yeah like uh, I mean the Clippers. I mean, well, I think we all knew that they're just the better team coming into this, but that was a nice surprise win in game two. Yeah. The and, and the reason they won that game is Jokic dominates the glass. They get everybody involved. And who knows? They could take a, you know, one, you know, they're down 3 1. They could take a game. Could five, take one more, yeah. Know. I'm not surprised by anything anymore. You know, Coach, Coach Leo's always getting on my ass in the group text saying I'm always, you know, all on Jokic, all Jokic, Jokic, Jokic. Yeah. I'm a big LeBron hater and they're a hater of other things and stuff like that. Yeah. But here's the, here's the fact of the matter. I have never claimed that the Nuggets go as Jokic does. I mean, sure, he's the best player on the team, but I have been saying about this team since day one that it's about the team. Jokic makes the other players around him better. When Jokic is at his best, that means that Michael Porter Jr., Gary Harris, Will Barton, who hasn't been in the series, Jamal Murray, it means that these guys are getting open looks and that Jokic is creating for them. And aggressive Jokic is one of the best players in the NBA, one of the best players in the world. But him being aggressive means the defense is collapsing around him, which makes them – he does the same things that Luka Doncic does. He just doesn't drive from uh, the perimeter. But the defense collapses around him, and then you're able to catch them out of position based on the gravity he has. Jokic isn't going to be – someone who's going to go out and drop a 50-burger and lead you to a victory over the Clippers. He does have a size advantage against Zubac and Montrezl Harrell, but 
if the Nuggets are going to win any more games this series, it's going to be because the Nuggets did, not because Murray or Jokic did. This yeah. team is – the Clippers are too good defensively to be beaten by one player. It doesn't matter if it's LeBron James. It doesn't matter if it's Jokic. It doesn't matter if it's Jamal Murray. You have fucking Pat Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. You are not going to beat them with one man, period. I got to agree with you there, man. And, you know, that's, gonna, that's been the issue the whole series is that it's just been a two-man game. And Murray's getting his butt kicked, too, this whole series. And they knew if they key on Murray, it's over. He's a 6'4", like, combo guard. He has no business. You know, he, he got, he's gotten a few good looks, you know. But he is not going to cook consistently against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That's all I got to say about it, folks. Under a minute left. Any closing thoughts? Just want to say, oh, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I'm just going to say, I can't wait for the conference finals. There's going to be a hell of a couple weeks coming up. Oh, and me and Josh going head-to-head in the full-court trap. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bring it on. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. see you there. Definitely. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Please give us a friendly rating on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Those really do help us out uh, quite a bit. Quick shout-out to uh, uh, These Are Shapes for the Full Court Trap music and uh, the Wax Cowboy, Evan Buttress, for making our logo. Check their stuff out on Instagram, Wax Cowboy, and These Are Shapes. We'll talk to you later.